Yeah, we can make it to the other side. I'll empty my pistol. I'll draw those other two over more. That should occupy any gator. We're not going to make it. Oh, come on, Victor. We have seconds here. You can't fight when you're dead, John. It didn't work. But it could work. Oh, yeah, you're going to swim across fast enough. You can't even row a boat. And those two walkers won't occupy that thing for long. It didn't work. It was never going to work. I only bought into you because I felt sorry for you, but I'm not going to die for you. Fire your gun and let's swim back now. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. You just fear me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Eerily gross, Scott. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Welcome sorry, to I'm talking to you from the high winds in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 124, and we're bracing for a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a little jocularity before the big splash. Are we at 124? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. Where have you been? You can't read numbers? What's wrong with you? Yeah, so uh, Hurricane Florence is on its way. We're going to get pummeled this week. Well, Scott, more than us, probably. Yep. We're going to see cats and dogs flying away. It's going to be <laughs> wild. We're going to see um, a succession of walkers just hitting one spot on the side of a truck. <laughs> Exactly. And getting pulled backwards by their waist. <laughs> I'm going to have an alligator in my street. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Yes. Just feed him oh. some bacon. Get him oh, some big, bacon. You'll be all right. Big run on buying boats around here right now. <laughs> so before we get started, I just wanted to say to everyone who is in the path of Hurricane Florence, we are thinking of you because we are right there with you and um, hope everything is okay and everybody stays safe. Scott, did you buy up all the beer? I did. I did. I'm well stocked now in beer, <laughs> chips, pretzels, and hot dogs. Perfect. <laughs> right. So what are you drinking tonight to prep for the storm? He added hot dogs to his normal list. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did. I went all, all out with the hot dogs. Um, I, I got one here that I brought up from uh, when I went to visit my son in Louisiana. It's um, from Crying Eagle Brewing Company. Hot-Blooded IPA. It's... Um, Lush and juicy, tropical. Ooh. Citrus and stone fruit. That's why I broke a tooth. <laughs> anyway, it's it's actually very good. It's it's a little bit maltier than I, I usually get with an IPA, but uh, it's actually a really sharp beer, and this is out of uh, Lake Charles, which is right oh. near their place in Louisiana. Yeah, right. It's a nice little, nice little beer. Uh, it's from uh, Crying Eagle. How about you guys? What are you drinking? Uh, we have um, Arches Brewery out of uh, Hatville, Georgia, and this is mm. the Queen's Vice. It's uh-huh. a Hefeweizen, and it's actually, it's, uh, it is a true Hefeweizen. I think it's pretty good. Kim, I don't think, is a huge fan of it, but it, it does, it's got, um, and they even say it on the can, it actually has kind of a banana 
flavor, clove and banana flavor, like just light hints of it. But it mm. does taste like a... Now, don't be thinking, oh, it tastes like I'm eating a banana. It just has I light don't. flavors of that. Kind of scared of the clove, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it does. it's not one that I could drink, like, more than two, probably. But it also gotcha. says it has subtle pink bubblegum undertones. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> picking that one up. I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm not, not, not going for that Subtle one. pink bubblegum undertones? Yeah. Wow. I don't know okay. how they managed that. I think they were laughing as they were typing that. They were probably laughing. They're like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It's good. I mean, it, it reminds me of a good Hefeweizen. That's for sure. I will say I'm not a Hefe fan. And this is one of my, the better ones. Yeah. I made Kim put it in a glass because I said, you know what? Yeah. It's going to taste a lot better in a glass. And it and does. And Hefeweizen especially. Mm-hmm. Hefeweizen's got to breathe. They got way too car- too much carbonation in them. Yeah, and you don't want it. You don't want it like mixed with like a metallic kind of taste to it or at all. Because mm. right. I think it really no, screws not it if up. you want to get that bubble gum to come through. <laughs> or banana. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think right. it's I, I think it's a it's a quality beer definitely. If you like Hefeweizen, Arches Brewing out of uh, Hapeville, Georgia. All right. All okay, right, well, we are here to talk about Fear the Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 13, Blackjack. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Scott? Um, it was better than the last couple of episodes. Um, I, I still didn't find it to be great. I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, I liked, I believe it or not, I actually liked the, uh, the uh, Luciana story a little bit mm-hmm. um, with, with the uh, guy stuck in the car. It mm-hmm. turns out being a um, uh, polar bear, right? Right. And uh, and I did think the uh, stuff with John was pretty good. Took a little longer to do it than I thought it should have. Mm-hmm. Kind of dragged a little bit that story with trying to get across the water, but um, but still it was good to get John back into the picture again. Yeah, I think I liked uh, I liked John's part of that story a little bit more maybe than Strand's. Yeah, but you know it was getting back to what Strand has been before though. You know, it was kind of getting the old strand back, the selfish, um, looking out for himself strand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can't say I I was I was a little happy to see the old strand come back a little bit. They just write him a little bit over the top, a little bit too over the top after having the experiences that he's had, like sure through this. I think, um, but I, I like the episode a lot. I actually thought this one was good, and I agree with you that. Uh, probably the Lucy story, which is completely out of left field um, mm-hmm. for her. It actually seemed to actually give her, her character some meaning, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, So exactly. I enjoyed that storyline. And I actually, I enjoyed the uh, comic relief uh, from, uh, from, um, sorry. You were going to say Mo Collins. Yeah, I was going to say from Mo. But no, I, I enjoyed the comic relief from Sarah and Wendell and... Um, Right, you know, and their interactions with Morgan too. So I thought I thought that was actually pretty fun to yeah. watch as well. So when they tried to rebel against him, yes, that scene when she yeah, knocked, that was when he knocks the knife out of her hand, and she's kind of like, "Well, okay, I'm on his team." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty much the same way. I thought it was a pretty good episode, not the best, but um, and some of the storylines kind of dragged on. My favorite, obviously, was Clayton and Lucy. I like that Lucy has a little bit of meaning, and I also like that we've kind of wrapped up that story with who the truck driver is that they stole the truck from. But now I've got lots of questions about Purvis. Mm-hmm. Who's Purvis and yeah. where did he come from? Because yeah. I thought he was the truck driver. 
I, I don't. When all that started. I don't know if Purvis was anybody really. I'm really excited to see more about the Mud Lady, and where that storyline is going to take us. And of course, Sarah is just hilarious. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. everything she does. So I mean, that does kind of screw up like what we were talking about before, though, because we thought Purvis was the guy that was delivering stuff, right? Yeah, right. I mean, we all kind of thought that. Yeah, and he's not. Right. So that kind of blows my original theory of, out of the water that that's why she was writing the stuff on their head because that had something to do with them being weak. That specific thing that was dealing. So I guess we don't really know. I mean, for all we know, he was just some other guy who just happened to be at one of the boxes that she found. And she may, I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll find out later on that she also has one of um, one of the polar bear's notebooks also. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's where she's getting a lot of the sayings or something. I don't know. Because well, uh, he was kind of leaving them around. You said something about that, right? That, we, that she might have had something. Well, I was. that's what I was going to go into if we're ready to do that. She knows a lot about Morgan. And I want to know how she knows so much about Morgan. Be- I, I, I was wondering about that because I, th- I felt like she was just... Well, because Al said, Al said, oh, she's got the videos. Oh. Mm. But she seems to know more than what was just on those videos. That's true. Because she said, she said, I know who you really are. I know what you're capable of. You didn't say everything. So, like, he didn't tell them the entire story on that video of the person that he used to be when he was going to crazy town. And she had time to, to figure all that out and charge up the video camera to figure yeah. out what was on the to videos even find them when she's in pursuit of them i i'm not saying it makes sense i'm saying though that was their explanation one thing you had to do with this episode is suspend belief a lot because there was some real uh coincidental leaps mm-hmm. in this thing it's weird they keep adding people to the group yet they seem like they're the only ones there because they keep running into each other i mean yeah. <laughs> it's just you know it's a little silly how how they play it off as if they're almost the only people out there, but they end up running into other people, but yet they run into themselves all over the place. It's just and they kind of do, ridiculous. They do happen to find everybody finds the box. Yes. That was Morgan's idea to continually put out the boxes. So now it worked. So now mm-hmm. everybody's back gonna be back together and hunky dory, hopefully. And the boxes are all on one road, right? Yep. Same road, just different mile markers ending in four. Right. So we're to believe that everybody is pretty close by within about 10, 20 miles of each other. Maybe a little bit more than that. 50 miles, I think, at one point we said. Right. But they all centered around this road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, and, you know. I, I don't know if I believe that. Well, the thing I also had found a little bit strange is that uh, Lucy found that box because Lucy's looking for beer. I, I would expect she'd be tearing the town apart. I don't think she'd be walking up to the highway. Exactly. Yeah, she was was out just wandering around. Yeah, yeah. That's I I agree with that. But but you know, for this for the story to be propelled forward, they had to have these coincidences in there. I mean, otherwise, who knows? I mean, then it would. I don't know. I I I can't say it would would be worse or better, but they had to find a way to tie them together. Okay. So go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're gonna go. Based on that. I was going to say, so what we can assume maybe will happen with John and Strayan is that the road that they were on that had the flash flood is the road that everybody is now traveling on. And they run into this flash flood and help them. Maybe. Well, that's where I was going to go with this next thing. Why are they trying to get across this one spot of the river so bad? Why can't they move up river a little bit? They're on an island. Are they on an island? That's what they're supposed to be on an island. Yes, they're on an island. 
Yeah. So isn't there another side to the island? Oh, I'm sure. Why yes, do they have they to? Want, they don't but it doesn't that mean side. that the other side is, will get yeah. them to land. Right. They the other side be. might be the ocean. But if you have this thing, the mm-hmm. alligator that's in that one spot, mm-hmm. don't you want to try other areas? I mean, uh, oh, instead sure. of... The alligator can move, right? I get Well, we didn't see the alligator move. They kept going to the same place. But he's tracking them. If the, this alligator is obviously incredibly aggressive, and they're just sitting on the shore right next to the water. You know what? Alligators come out of water and grab yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting there watching John sitting on the water, you know, looking across the water with dreamy eyes. And, and I'm thinking, if that alligator really wanted him, that alligator would come and grab him. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, uh, a constant through most of the animal water horror kind of stuff is like the second you touch the water, the thing can get you. Yeah. You know, it's I, like it never comes out of the water. But I, I actually I, I was really happy to get John Dory back into the story. But I did think that the, the whole alligator thing was the low point of the show. I, I the agree. Episode. Super cheesy, especially when they showed him swimming under the water. First of all, it's a gargantuan mm-hmm. like alligator versus megalodon <laughs> type of alligator. It was like, yeah, it was like sci-fi kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was you Jaws. Know, they, it was yeah. Jaws. Yeah, they, not they, even they that. pulled the Jaws angle, you know. <laughs> it was it was definitely more along like sci-fi kind of production. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you just see that like the woo, like digital thing like going under. Like Sharknado. Sharks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like Sharknado. Yeah. So that was. Except it was Alligator Channel. That was super cheesy. And yours was cheesy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, that, that did nothing for me, and I thought it was really stupid. And they're halfway across, and Strand's like, we can't make it. I know, Let's go back. Like, so... you are an idiot. You're right there. Go all the way. The whole thing was just kind of frustrating to me. It was, I was like, super why? frustrating. <laughs> okay, again, uh, my, my thought was, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. This alligator's mm-hmm. not following you around. If it is an island, which it did, to me it didn't seem like it was an island. Okay, so it's an island in the middle of this river. They have water on both sides. Go to the other freaking side. I mean, I understand that, okay, Strand's like, well, I know we know this river is not hospitable to us. Well, it has to be more hospitable than that one alligator, because it wasn't like there was like 10 alligators going out. Well, we don't, we, you know, I, I thought of this place as being like a small barrier island, and if you went on the other side, you probably got ocean over there. Well, the other thing, though, is that that truck is Where are they? Come off. I think it's a river island. Yeah. But the the truck came off a cliff, right? And it's up at the yeah. top, so obviously there's a road up there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that road <laughs> not connect to anything? Has it been totally washed out? Like, these are answers we need. It's an island road. <laughs> that road might lead to somewhere. It, it, it To me, the, the portrayal of them being completely... Uh, Water, well, like... Completely bound to getting across that piece of water was a little silly. Yes, it was. Thank you for explaining that. But it might have been the ranger up there. I was about to say something else that I shouldn't say right now. Okay, go ahead. The person (laughs) in the truck might have been the ranger that is attached to that ranger hut that they found. And that was the access road down into the area. I was really surprised that Strand was climbing on the side of that truck so easily. I know. I've been like, I would have been... Pushing on that thing like hell to make sure it wasn't going to fall, especially before you put your. He maybe he did. We didn't see that scene. He did. Well, that whole, he I mean, that, that whole thing was a little silly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, why not try to open the door if you're going to try to reach the bottle? Then open the damn door. Yes, I know. Don't climb on the door and then reach through the window. But the chances that he got pulled into the window one, 
Two, he didn't get bit in any of that scenario. Three, didn't get hurt when it fell. And four, did not get rammed in the head by that same log. So unprobable. Well, he got he had the luck of the drunks going on there. Totally. That scenario, that whole John and Strand thing was probably the worst part of the whole show for me. Even though mm-hmm. I love seeing John. I, I love seeing both of them interact. Exactly. But That's why I agree with Scott. It was like, it's seeing John Dory in that was fine, but I think the Strand part of it annoyed me a little bit. And and I think it was also the argument Strand was making, because he was making this argument that, why do you keep fighting? What's the right. purpose of fighting? And it was like, well, he how can Strand be alive at this point without some of that in his own Mm-hmm. makeup of mm-hmm. fighting you know if you're not going to fight you wouldn't be alive right now one comment though he made though to me what i thought was actually very very powerful comment when he when he was said well why do you drink or whatever and he said something in effect of because i don't have a drinking partner anymore mm-hmm. yeah and he was referring to madison of course yes and to it really i think expressed his depression over the death of madison more than anything mm-hmm. and that's kind of what's driving him right now He's kind of indifferent to everything. He's he's kind of pissed off at the world. That's what, um, yeah. That's what's holding him back at this right. moment. Yeah, is the mm-hmm. yeah, and that and I think they they started this out with that in the first, well, the whole season so far is right. that he and Lucy were pretty much giving up because of their depression of over what happened. I mean, Lucy was right. laying on the ground watching, listening to records the entire time, mm-hmm. and so they were you know they weren't trying to better their own position. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that's understandable when you've been through something like that. Mm-hmm. You need time, whether you're in the apocalypse or not. But yep. But still, when you're in that situation, in a dire situation, there is a a more urgent need to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Early bird kills the dead. That was a good comment. <laughs> I will say, him using the um, the truck's uh, horn was mm-hmm. a really cool idea. I really mm-hmm. like that. It sucks that it went out so fast, but um, but yeah, that was really cool. I like seeing that. Um, the only well, problem is I can still hear hear that horn in my head. Me too. <laughs> I can't too. You know what? You know what really annoyed me, and this might have been my miss, but I'm not going to use it as my miss. The bird. Mm-hmm. Oh, the grackle. The the grackle. The bird. The entire time that they oh, were yeah. on that island, you heard mm-hmm. that bird, and they mentioned it a couple times too. Yeah, it but was that there to miss too. Driven me mm-hmm. crazy. I think that was what that was what it was there for, is to drive you crazy, to make you understand why you know, just one of the reasons why John Dory wanted to get the hell off that damn island. Oh, the other thing that was kind of weird to me with how um, ingenious Dory can be about his you know mm-hmm. constructing things or coming up with different things. Yeah, that was a pretty shitty raft, raft. His raft was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and he he even suggested that two of them would get on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't even big enough for him to sit on, barely. No. And then he was like, he's like, oh, the wood's still wet. It's like, no, that's just a really tiny raft. The only thing I could figure is that they were not aware of how big that alligator was or something. Because yeah, how aggressive. It wasn't was. until the alligator went after John when he was in the water after the raft sank that I think they really realized, holy shit, that thing is yeah. huge. I think he said right before that that the river was moving slower than a one-legged dog. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, they didn't really know about that alligator until he got on that raft. No, I think... Because that's when Strand was like, turn around, come back. Yeah, because I think Strand had pointed out that, yeah, there was it was probably not safe to be in the water. 
but I right. don't think either of them knew. He said this exactly ri- this is safe. not a friendly river to us or something to yeah. that effect. So So Clayton. Clayton, I think, was one of the most fascinating parts of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. I was also before I even go into anything about Clayton, I was really impressed with the makeup that they did on him when she first comes upon him and sees that his sees that he's stuck for one thing, but his eyes are really sunken in, like his cheekbones are very defined, and his eyes look really drawn out, and they're um, he he basically looks like he's almost a walker, and that right. he's on death's door. He was in a very bad way. So, what is his relationship to? The grubby lady to Pigpen. Right. So that's the big question, right? Well, he does. I mean, he makes reference to a person that uh, he does not want to find, which probably is is her. So or he doesn't want her to find him. So so what do, what do you uh, speculate as to their relationship? So he, I thought they kind of looked alike, which was really cool to me. So either they could be married. Yeah. Or. Family family, mm-hmm. or she just happenstance came upon him um, while he was filling the boxes or something, putting the boxes out. But they're definitely on the opposite um, sides of the spectrum of this belief yeah. of helping people. I think she I think she came into the picture after he was robbed of the truck. Okay. I don't think I don't think uh, um, that, you know, that that happened while he was still delivering packages. Now, she may have been tracking him because he was delivering packages or something. I don't know. But it's still, still. I think, you know, when when Wendell and Sarah dropped him off, you know, left him, I think he was still not in that scenario yet. So that would mean that your thought is that uh, you don't think there's any relation between the two of them at all? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think he... I'm going to... You know, if I had to guess, I would say he came upon her at some point after that. Okay. And then she's been, he's he's freaked out by her. So I have a theory, and I'm not married to this theory, so to speak. That's good, because you're married to Stuart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There could be lots of scenarios happening here, but my idea is that possibly she's his disgruntled wife, because he said he intentionally took a job where he could get away from everything. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if he also got away from his wife and family and if she just happened to find him somehow during the apocalypse and came upon him and is pissed as hell that he abandoned her. And that was his weakness, that he was not strong enough to to stick around and be a family man. And that's what started her whole quest to make people stronger well i mean yeah i mean there's definitely it's definitely a possibility um i mean it's it's an interesting theory um i wouldn't say you're wrong at all thanks but i think you know it's hard to it's hard to say anything with any certainty at this point right what time is it i'm gonna write that down Uh, scott just said you were not wrong (laughs) that's right kim that's right, Kim. It was a shot in the dark, but I think you you were okay with it. <laughs> that's Thank one. You. That's one mark you can give her. That's it. That's I did. I, I we'll wrote see. it down. We'll see what happens. Okay. It's written down. Right. I wrote it down right okay. here. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, and like you said, um, it could be rel- a relative of his. I I kind of feel that's unlikely. I don't know why. 
but it just doesn't strike me as a possibility. I, like you said, I think an ex-wife or something like that, maybe. You know, with all the coincidences that we see, um, yeah, that they keep doing on this show, I'm sure if if they had been, you know, if he had run away from his ex or whatever she, in this show, she could have tracked him down. <laughs> Especially if he's on the same road. Yeah. And just delivering boxes on the same road. I guess. Um, but even that seems a little bit silly to me. For a guy who's driving trucks, though, he did not drive that car very well into that pole. It was in a storm. But it was during the hurricane. I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay. okay, okay. Jeez. <laughs> but he's, a, he's horrible at parking. That's the problem. <laughs> I, no, I liked I liked the device that they used for her finding him. You know, they mm-hmm. have like the little walker out there, like on the side, yeah. and, and so she goes and kills the walker and finds him. You know, trapped in there. And the fact that you know she's trying to make up for something that she wasn't able to do for Nick. The because problem, again, she was that was her right. problem. Like she couldn't move past that either. So this was kind of her way of move, moving past that depression of losing Nick was to right. help him with whatever he could want, and it was that I, beer. The problem I have with with Lucy is, um, it's I think it's the the act, actor more than anything. She's just always so melodramatic about stuff. You know, the guy asks her, you know, well, why are you helping a stranger? And she's like, it's because I have things to make up for. And I'm like, oh, my God, come on, really? <laughs> why would you say that to him? You know, I'm just trying to help out. That's, you know, yeah. that's how you're that's how you answer a question like that. Yeah. No, I have things to make up for. I'm like, oh, God, seriously. And that, that character always acts like that. I mean, I think she's on the wrong show. Put her on Game of Thrones or something like that. Well, she was fine when we had the former cast. Now mm-hmm. that we have the more advanced actors, she just doesn't fit. Right. Right. So, yeah. The one thing I liked about Clayton is that of the characters that we've seen so far, he seems to be fairly authentic in that when his when she asks him, like, what can I do for you? He's like, I would love to have one last beer. Like yep. fuck yeah, man. Like, yeah, but as soon as but as soon he's as Kim, honest. as soon as he said that though, as soon as he said that, I went, Oh, okay, so she's gonna find a box with the beer in it for him. Well, of course, of course. I, I thought like, the same oh, thing. On. It's too tidy. It's too yes. tidy of a storyline. But in reality, I'd be like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm Me just too. happy like, that everybody in the apocalypse is seeking out beer. I am too. What? Like, but you want to say goodbye to your people, tell Thank them you. how much you love them, just drink one that. last beer. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's just the fact that they're seeking out beer. I think that's great. And um, I, the way he presented it, I thought was great because mm-hmm. he's laughing. He's laughing at his own request before he even says it. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. He's like, oh, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous, but. <laughs> and yeah, you kind of think, well, yeah, it's kind of redu- ridiculous, but it was cool. Yeah, but I did think it was a nice touch that they made the beer cold. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah, when yeah, she yeah. pulled it out of the bag, I went, that beer's got condensation all over it. That yeah. thing's got to be cold as hell. And then when he said that, I went, oh, okay. Yeah, that was intentional. That was awesome. Yep. Yeah, so I thought I that, that was good. kind of a neat, a neat add to that. It was. And the fact that she even thought to do that, I would have never thought to do that. <laughs> In that situation. So kudos Well, to maybe she's had warm beer before and she's like, that's not good for anybody. Yeah, it's just not that good. How disappointing no. for a man dying that you have a warm beer. At least you got a beer, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Lucy. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> and and speaking of beer, then we find out that Sarah lays it down that the only reason that they want to keep uh, Jimbo Jimbo around is so that he can make beer and that they'll learn from him, which I thought was actually very interesting that she's saying, you know, pretty much we're going to learn from you and then we don't need you anymore. We're just borrowing right. you for a little bit. Well, Jimbo's kind of a jerk and she just was yes, kind of laying it down true. for him. Yeah. Oh, I also thought was really hilarious with her is that not only is she calling Jim Jimbo and Morgan Momo, but she's mm-hmm. adding O's onto everything else. Because yeah. she says the, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, the sicko shitto who would do this. Uh, yeah, right. When they, I didn't notice that. Yeah, when they find when they had uh, finally killed that one She likes her O's. That, yeah, she likes her O's. She puts her O's on everything. Does she call Wendell window? I don't know if she does. Does she have the O face? She does not do the O face that I know of. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I do. I think her character, even though it's it is a bit silly, is uh, it's good comic relief. It's fun. Mm-hmm. No, really and fun. I, you know, like I said last week, I hope that's what they stay as. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that they just stay as the comic relief type thing. There, I have a feeling, in all actuality, that that they may not survive in the next episode with the uh, with the gunfire. Hmm. Oh. I thought they were still around. They in the, are. In the previews. They're out walking. But you're saying not through the. Are next they in, in the previews? I didn't see yeah. them in the previews. They yeah, are. they were. Oh, okay, they were. Everybody in the oh, truck okay. was still which, there. Which, by the way, when they showed the previews, because I was like <laughs> really tense when they when she opened fire on the truck, I was like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> and then and they showed like, the preview. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, we're like, they ruined they sh- it. Yeah, why did they show that? That would be a perfect cliffhanger. It doesn't have to be like a whole summer thing, but come on, till right. next week. I know. Totally it's like, ruined. I mean, it's trying to find out if the uh, Duke boys land their General Lee. Yeah. Well, what it tells you is, is that uh, the people who do the editing for the previews are not the same people that do the editing for the show. Very much so, yeah. But we you know, we got to see the chair in action, which got I thought was cool. to see the cool. chair in action, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeannie, yeah, Wendell's telling Jim just to hold back the entire time, and mm-hmm. Jim's freaking out. Soul Man. Call him Soul He's Man. He's like, hold on, Soul Man. Hold on, just stay there. <laughs> just stay in front of me, soul man. <laughs> oh, and I love the I love the fact that that uh, Wendell and Sarah got in an argument over the points for killing that Walker. Yes, mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wendell's pissed off, and she goes, "Hey, you know, I took the points." Well, I think it's really cool that they've decked out the chair that much that um, he's totally independent. <laughs> I think the best was he was offering the guy a piece of rebar. Yeah. So he was like, you want your first kill? You want your first kill? Because it's obvious he hasn't right. killed anybody. Uh-huh. He's right. like, you want a rock? How about you take a rock? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jimbo asked him for a gun, right? Yes. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought Wendell's great. I think Wendell's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Yep. So when um, getting back to Clayton real quick, as a thank you for the cold beer, he gives Lucy the two... Mm-hmm. Notebooks. Oh, right. Yeah, I passed over that. Right. And she, in turn, gives those to Morgan, and right. they have more information. But we know Morgan and crew already have at least one of the notebooks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two. they had in the truck. They right. have two. So mm-hmm. there's at least four notebooks right there. Right. So um, what is he taking notes of again? Is he just taking notes of where his supplies are? Well, he's yeah. taking notes of everything he's seen on the road, too, probably. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's mainly just... where he's doing drop-offs. 
Exactly. It's, it, it's a map of where he keeps supplies, not even just drop-offs. Because you remember, yeah, right. don't forget, when they were at the um, at the, uh, gas, the station, gas station, there were several trucks full of the supplies. Mm-hmm. Right. It weren't just right, that right. one. Yep. So he's yep. placed those trucks around and so mm-hmm. forth, or they may be all and at the he, gas station. And he does but. say something more when he's talking to Lucy, because he says... Um, you know, for supplies, for when, and he kind of <laughs> hesitates. He doesn't say for why you would need them, mm-hmm. but it was like, you know, for when, you blah, need blah, em. blah. And then he said, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he like kind of left, there was like an open-ended comment there that there were other things that you, they don't even know about that he has. Right. So Yeah, so that could be interesting. Yeah. There were, yeah, the, the notes in the in the notebooks were pretty extensive. I'm just wondering why the notebooks have been just divvied out all over Kingdom Come. They seem to be pretty important. They should be kept together and secret hidden. Well, we don't know if they have been. I mean, uh, you know, Wendell and Sarah have them because they're in the truck. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, uh, Boulder Bear had it because it was with him. Mm-hmm. And we're just speculating there's others out there. I, I think maybe, you know, maybe we're wrong and it's just in those two places where they would logically be. Okay. I still think it's weird that uh, Sarah and Wendell keep justifying that they stole this truck from this guy. Yeah. yeah. That it's like not that big a deal. They're like, oh, it's, you know, frog scorpion thing. Yeah, right, right exactly. And I'm still trying to figure out, you know, I'm still trying to figure out who was running the gas station. Right? I know. Like he with has all to have somebody there. working with him. Right. I mean, there was all that stuff was there and, and power and all that kind of stuff. Um, was it his? I mean, was it his gas station? He just leaves it unattended like that, I guess. I guess so. That's why I'm thinking that he might have known Mud Lady before all the shit went to hell and um, that maybe she was helping him out somehow. Or had purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or some other people oh, that, yeah, that she took out. I mean, she's taking them down one by one and then yeah. utilizing them once she kills them. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? So who many knows? Questions. Exactly right. I thought it was interesting that um, uh, my friend Melissa, who's a listener of our show, uh, was telling me that the lady who plays Pigpen is a, a big Broadway actress. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying before. Right, she's an opera singer. Yeah, right. I think, um, but she Cash is a, said something about that. But she is a <laughs> super diva. I mean, like, oh, really? she's quit shows because they wouldn't rewrite lines for her and mm. stuff like that, Broadway shows and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is a real this is a real switch for her, getting all grubby and so forth to, to play something like The Walking Dead. Perfect. Huh. I mean, it's a real switch. But, yeah, she's supposed to have a, a, a super reputation for being a super diva. That's funny. Yeah. Well, she is the star evil person at this moment. Yes. Yes, and she's she's hamming it up. She's getting yep. some good hamming up going in there. Totally. No doubt. So uh, I just wanted to mention real quick how unbelievable it is that all of our people find each other. Thankfully, Morgan has written the VHF handle mm-hmm. on the boxes. Channel. But, channel, whatever. Yep. Um, but the fact that Charlie and Alicia find it and call in and... Lucy calls in. It's so unbelievable to me. Well, they're leaving radios in there, too. Well, okay, that was another question. 
how did Lucy mm-hmm. get the radios that she used for her and Clayton before? Because that was way before the box was found. Where did she mm-hmm. get those from? Maybe Clayton had them. Because remember, Clayton was the one that had the gas station that had tons of radios in it. Maybe he had a bunch in the car. She took them out like she knew exactly where they were. Well, maybe. And turned them on, everything. He's the one who told her which channel to use. Yeah, they were talking for a while. Mm. I don't know. I mean, he obviously, he had a bunch of radios stashed mm-hmm. with that, that Morgan got, and that's why the rest of them got radios. So I, I, that would be my only guess. Mm. Was that that he had? There's him, radios everywhere down there. Yeah. There really are, and you know how many radios I've seen like that since I've been around, like just right around the house and stuff. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> or the grocery only, store. Yeah, only at the zoo that I worked at. Mm, yeah, that was and, 20 and, years and ago. turtle hunting. Not those type of radios. So if you want radios, mm-hmm. go to, go a to zoo. Texas or a police station mm-hmm. or fire station. Or anywhere where they need to communicate. Or a 7-Eleven. Because evidently they're stacked in a 7-Eleven also. Oh, yeah, 7-Elevens. They always have that. Yeah, it's like right next to the big gulp machine. Yep. Yep, exactly. And on that note, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll try to knock out some hidden misses. Yeah, I need a refill on my big gulp. Now I caught the weeping willow how to cry. I showed the clouds how to cover up a clear blue sky And the tears I cried for that woman are gonna flood you, big river And I'm gonna sit right here until I die I met her accidentally in St. Paul, Minnesota And it tore me up every All right, everybody, we're back. We're gonna do our hit-miss segment. Um, Kim, I know you are roaring to run out there and give us her first hit of the night because we know there will probably be about five. This is actually her favorite part of the entire podcast, isn't it? Oh, it is without a doubt. That's why she has so many hits all the time. Oh, my God. Even though the rules state we have one hit, one miss. (laughs) She's like, shut up! Okay, I have (laughs) one hit... And two honorable mentions, which I can mention after we do all the hits and misses, okay? Okay, so my first hit... (laughs) I don't think I get to agree on that. (laughs) We didn't get a chance. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) That's what's happening. Um, The scenes with John and Strand, even though they were highly unbelievable... Is the hit part? Yeah. Okay. I thought were very beautiful scenes, the way they were shot, because Mm. of uh, the... The way they filmed it, the colors were very muted, so it was almost a black and white mm-hmm. footage. Yeah, right. And which, of Desaturated. course... Desaturated. Yeah, black, black and white always... It always invokes emotion, and to me, it made me feel like they wanted us to feel sorry for their situation, which I kind of did. I mean, it's kind of like if you were in that situation, you'd probably be on the side of the river crying your eyes out because you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And I really want to get over that river. And it's really difficult because I might get eaten by an alligator. <laughs> and yet you have this frustrating guy there the entire time. It's like, why do you even want to try to get across? Yeah, he's not even helping. <laughs> he's not helping the situation at all. But I will, but I will watch. Yeah. So What a nag. I just really enjoyed the way that they filmed those scenes. Okay. okay. All right. Stu? Um, my hit was when uh, Morgan knocked the knife out of Sarah's hand. Oh, so When funny. she was like, so are you going to try and take this? And he, she's like, oh, 
well, uh, I guess we're going with him. Yep. She slaps <laughs> Wendell on the back and says, uh, we're going with him. Yeah. He's like, I'm with that guy. Yeah. That was so funny. That was. Thanks for uh, stealing my hit. So I got to come up with something else, huh? That's that's uh, what I do. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. That's, um, I took your toy. Just like when we were younger. <laughs> yeah, that was because I gave them to you. Or a little shrimp. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I, I'm gonna have to agree. Okay. I nothing else. <laughs> cool. You no, have no I think other I think I will I will go with the uh, uh, a hit was um, Clayton. I thought Clayton was a great character, mm-hmm. and it was nice to. I thought he was a um, a great character to make the benevolent trucker. Yeah. And the way they brought him. And the actor did a wonderful job as that. Yeah, he did. So. Yeah, he was just yeah, he was just a kind soul. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. it was good. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Kimmy, what about a miss? Um, or three? So I feel like I've told you guys everything that I did not like about the episode. But probably the most frustrating thing was just Strand. Just <sighs> him being a douchebag. So, yeah. You just stole my miss. Okay, then I'll do another one. I'll say that my most uh, frustrating thing was, like, crossing the river. Because yeah. they were halfway across the river. And if John had just listened to Strand, they would have, or at least he would have been across. And he could have gotten help. That's all. You say if he did listen to Strand? or if He, he did just, not. Oh, yeah. And it really frustrated me that... that they were halfway across, and they're and, and somehow it's okay to swim back to shore. Yeah, but it's not okay to keep going. Yeah, always swim forward. Swim well, forward. I, I mean, well, I they were trying to portray it as being that they were a lot closer to one sh- to the shore that they left than they were going to. It did just didn't look that way. It didn't look that way. It looked it like they were about halfway way. out there, but and it was like, come on, you can paddle a little faster and still be quiet. Yes, and like, and then like when he hurt himself, well, you, he's like, yeah. he like he you know pulled the the and bullet wound. The and he's like, oh, and he dropped the shovel in the water, the oar that he had made. Yeah, yeah. and they I just, was like, oh, they it's so frustrating. There. They stood there for how long and just didn't do anything and just watched. Like, yeah. God damn it, do something. That was very well. Frustrating. And also, I mean the the fact that they, <laughs> I mean the walkers have always been kind of sluggish with things. Man, as soon as that horn stopped blaring, they turned around and booked. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, wait a minute. Totally. Hold on a minute. Yeah, they're they like, oh, wait, be, there's, uh, no, there's no horn what? over there. Wait, there's no horn anymore. Yeah, they turned right I'm going around. the other way. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they're out of uh, free gift bags over there. I'm not going over there anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, not, the other side of the river does not look as fun as I thought it was. That is funny. Yeah. So don't want to get my pants wet. You don't have another... Miss? For me? Yeah. No, my miss was Strand. It, it was totally, I just, I don't, I feel like the writing for, and or maybe it's just how he's delivering the lines, it's too formal for where they are right now. I feel like it's way too formal for what little they're doing Little Shakespearean? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like you gotta tone it down just a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you always seem to drink. I was an amateur. I've gone pro. Yeah, no, it was. It's like <laughs> everything. I kind of like that line. I love yeah, that. I, line. I like the lines. I, I do. It's his delivery again, and I think it's like, come on, man, you're like <laughs> you're barely been, making it. But he's it. been like that since the beginning. I know. He's been I that know. like that since he was in the cage with uh, with uh, whatever that guy, the neighbor. 
Yeah. Well, at that point, there was a little bit of evilness to it, so mm-hmm. it, it, it passed a little bit easier. Sure. And even even that whole first season, I think. Right. And now, whereas we know he is uh, got a little bit easier temperament mm-hmm. than than what you initially thought, right. I feel like right. some of that del- delivery is is just a little too forced. Yeah, I feel and like it is. Had, it is. I mean, I thought it the same thing when when uh, when John came to get him to go help the kid you know go find the kid and and strands talking about why would i do that and it's always you know like you're saying it's a little bit too formalized mm-hmm. kind of like lighten up dude yeah you know i don't know we all know what you are now yeah yeah my miss was also alligators on the nile i mean it was just <laughs> it just got that's no that was just not a very good very well done scenes Agreed. Yeah. It was kind of like the deer in The Walking Dead. Do you remember that scene when oh God, yeah. Michonne and Rick were at the carnival and the deer was there? It was like total oh. CGI. Yes. It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like that. You tried to wrestle it, but his arm went right through it. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing about it was is that I, I can live with, with uh, cheesy CGI sometimes. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with all those scenes was just how excruciating long, excruciatingly long yeah. they took. Yeah, it didn't need to take that long. You know, too much discussion, too much, you know, just trying to get across the river, the whole truck thing. You know, all of it just was dragging. And yeah. then so Dory much. eats the candy. Why does he eat the candy after because all that? Because that is a symbolizing that he has given up. Yeah, given up hope. I know, but exa- he's the one that's not supposed to give up. I yes, know. but he's he he's symbolizing that by the fact that he's not going to be able to deliver the candy. And so. I, what the defeated. hell was in that candy? It was like weird colors. I know it's supposed to be black licorice. It had like a not, red starburst toffee. type. It was toffee it, or something. It was brown with like some red and some black. It was kind of weird looking. Yeah, it looked weird. I, I wasn't going to analyze that one. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of wait. Honorable say, can you say toffee again? Toffee. Okay. <laughs> toffee. I have have two honorable (laughs) mentions. No. Real quick. All right. So one of my honorable mentions was that when Clayton died and Lucy buried him, she put the beer bottle on his grave. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really sweet and a very touching moment. And then the next one was when John was putting together his raft from the, the truck shell and there's music playing in the background. It sounded like R.E.M. to me. Oh, yeah. Everybody no, Kim. No, Kim. No. Yeah. We will not accept that one. So you're saying that they're st- stealing uh, music from well, popular bands? I'm not saying it was R.E.M., but it was like a, a yeah. variation of it. Yeah. Everybody Hurts? Yeah. Okay. Which would have been fitting if they had put that there. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to Mike- pay the royalties on that. Yeah, exactly. They want to pay, <laughs> pay, pay Michael Stipe on that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I did like that. I, I like that scene a bit myself. Yeah. So, okay, that's all. Well, cool. We actually do have a lot of listener comments, so a lot of people are super interested. You always say actually, like you don't expect that we would have a lot. We you normally oh, do we have st- a lot of comments. Wait, wait, wait. Stu, <laughs> come on. We're still surprised people are actually listening to us. We are, are, you kidding me? We are not. <laughs> we interact quite well with... Why are well these with... people listening to us? <laughs> Thousands of people that listen to us. I could barely get through the door with all the mail that came through the mail slot. (laughs) (laughs) Your computer crashed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's see. 
Emmeline Veltkamp said, All right, so, hypothesis time. The guy in the car was Polar Bear? Could the crazy lady be his wife? Hmm. That's what we were speculating. And how wonderful was it to have John Dory back on the screens? I've missed him. For yep. sure. Yep. <clears throat> he adds a lot. Yep. Mark LaVarnway said, funny picture. Morgan surrounded by three comedians, and he had the funniest scene. <laughs> hey, Dory, nobody likes wet wood. It usually It's usually soft and not good for erecting rafts. <laughs> Looks like you're Dixie wrecked. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I see what you did there, Mark. Oh, that's funny. I think Polar Bear was the driver of the 18-wheeler, too. I believe he left Mud Lady because she is batshit crazy and rattlesnake mean. He's probably trying to right her wrongs, and she's trying to destroy his saved. Huh. But So that sounds like, Mark, that you think that they could have known each other as well. Yeah. That possibly they were married or some other type of relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. Cash Cooper at Cash Coop said, Solid episode, in my opinion. I like that the story moved forward this week and learning the importance of beer in people's lives. Winky wink. Enjoying the filthy woman and looking forward to more. Was she the truck driver's ex? Dare I hope for a strong finish to this season? Hmm. I think everybody thinks that they know each other. There's got to be some sort of history there. And everybody's hoping for a strong finish to the season. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Mbop. Mm, Yay! Cute Poison 10 said... <laughs> Got it! It Nailed was it, weak. Scott. I'm tired of this being a Morgan show, and the new people are ridiculous! Oh. Molly Z said, I liked this episode. You Are My Flower said, Awesome episode! David Valentin at DV Orlando said... It was nice, but again, we are giving too much plot, armor, skill, and viciousness to a villain that looks like your favorite aunt. (laughs) Her viciousness is worse than Negan's, and her command of navigation in the apocalypse and the use of weapons is unreal for this show. Are we we biased at the uh, filthy woman? We knew Morgan before he cleared, so we wanted redemption for him. But the fact that he killed innocent people, too? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, that's a lot to it, sure. I mean, it's kind of like what we've always said. If you had found Negan's people first, you would have thought they were in the right and Rick's people were in the wrong. So it's kind of the same thing. Yep. Uh, Daniela Danielle said, so he was polar bear that the people with Morgan were speaking about. Yes, he was. Yep, exactly. Fan mom said, there was a lot to love in this episode. Luciana seeking redemption, John seeking June, Strand seeking oblivion in the bottom of a bottle. Mm -hmm. My favorite bit was when Morgan smacked the knife out of trucker lady's hand. In a very intense season, I welcome a laugh or two. Okay. Totally agree. So, Scott, mm-hmm. you and I, right? That was the favorite. Yep. That was the hit. Yep. Yep. And we do like, I do like having them as kind of a comical side show a little bit, just to bring some levity to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, back quickly to the uh, Daniela Danielle said about the polar bear thing, which I think another listener said something about. So, did we hear the polar bear uh, reference before the show at all? Or what, I feel like we did. Because I know. When I kn- Sarah and Wendell were talking about Well, books. I know when they were at the gas station. They never said polar bear then. No, I'm not did saying they? at the gas station when they were with Morgan traveling on the road. I don't but think I don't so. I mean, I don't remember before this episode. They were adamant about it this episode. They kept saying polar bear. Right. No, his name is polar bear. Mm-hmm. 
but they never right. said that. I before. think that was kind of. I think that was just kind of also a little bit meant to be a little humorous. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. But it was just like it just it was weird that they were so adamant about it when they had never mentioned it about it before when they talked about him because mm-hmm. they had talked about him quite a few times. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yep. guy they took the truck from. Anyways, sorry, Scott. That's all right. Um, we Heart the Walking Dead said it was really good. I think we are going in the direction of Eastman and Morgan and Morgan with Owen. Where Morgan will try to help the filthy woman. Um, they are mm. setting that up. I loved how the boxes brought them all back together and helped each one of them. I was glad to finally see the truck driver and the alligator was such a plus. Really? Well, hey. Alligator. Everybody's, everybody's you know, folk, you know, people enjoy different parts of the shows, you know? I mean, the only good part about the alligator to me is that the alligator just added another element of danger mm-hmm. outside. Of- and that is a plus. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I think, uh, and I think they talked about it in the after show just uh, how they were going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, well, do you have, like, a physical thing, you know, the alligator? Uh, or do you do you keep it more as, like, Jaws, where it's like, like Scott was saying, where it's like this it's secret thing under the water. Yeah. That's attacking. Right. It's more them. implied so, than shown. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly feel like it didn't come across as strong as it probably could have. Yeah. And I, I but I think also, though, I mean, you know, some people may have enjoyed that scene just because, or enjoyed that whole scenario just because it got Strand and John back into the story. Yeah. yeah. Too. You know, because, I mean, those are two characters we've been saying we want to see more of. That's true. And we haven't for a while, so. What was that one movie that we watched recently where it was, um, it's like The Reef or something like that? Mm-hmm. Where the surfer goes out and she gets stuck. Yes. Deep Blue or something no, like that? No, no, it's, uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and, and you have the shark that you barely ever see, but mm-hmm. anything that gets near... It pulls, right. you know, it pulls the, the swimmer. Well, or she's stalked. Under. She's being stalked as she's stuck yeah, on that rock. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same yep. kind of feeling. Yep. Um, Eileen McGuire said, Most interesting for me was Victor. So logical and cautious about the rafts, but so cavalier and reckless getting the camper shell. He's freaking me out. <laughs> okay, yep. so See? likes the Eileen unpredictableness is, yeah, of Eileen of is the Victor. Is, Swinging on the opposite of you, Kim. She's uh, yeah. She's digging Victor in this stuff. But that's all right. Like I said, I mean, I did like that we got back to a little bit of the uh, selfish uh, Victor that we've seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that you was know. nice to see. Mm-hmm. But he's also very annoying. Oh, without it. But he always has been. Well, I, I think his, his like, um, uh, arrogant dickishness is fine. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think, again, in in you know, as much as he's gone through, I think that some of that would have softened somewhat. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe he's more of a dick about it, but he's at least you know doesn't necessarily have to be quite so kept. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know one thing. You know, one Formal. thing that kind of strikes me, and maybe it's maybe it's what annoys me about him sometimes is that no one's ever told him just shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And you, you would think Dory like would at least, at least Dory yeah, or just, would or just cutting like him off, going, "Don't get started." You know, don't get started in your soliloquy. Soliloquy. Thank you. I think Madison was that person for him. Right. She kept him in check, and nobody else can do that. Right. 
But someone would have just popped off saying, just shut up. But this, I think this was a perfect opportunity, now you bring that up, for Dory to do that. Yeah. For them to to have more of a connection in right. this thing. Instead of Victor complete, and, and it might happen in the next episode, I don't know. But for, for, um, for him to kind of put him in his place, or at least say, we're working together on this, mm-hmm. you know? One and, thing I and did, that didn't happen in this episode, right. and that felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity. I did like though that Dory used one of the uh, one of the classic Southern phrases on Strand because Strand is like anything but a Southerner when mm-hmm. he said, "So you're all about just tying one on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that phrase. I thought that was great. <laughs> just so you could tie one on. Uh, next week on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 14. We've got three left, right? Yep. MM54. Wow. Difficult decisions lead the group into uncertainty. Alicia delivers on a promise to Charlie. Maybe she takes her to the beach. Oh, maybe she gets her a popsicle. <laughs> Everybody's delivering promises now. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, write into us and let us know what you think. You can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody.